Mastering the art and the science of forgiveness is necessary to move through life. Forgiveness is when we are willing to extend our perception beyond what the physical eyes see, beyond what the physical ears hear, to what the heart knows to be true. One of the most important aspects of our navigation of our spiritual journey is making peace with our past. We are on a mission to inspire, heal, and bring the world closer together. Welcome to Commune. I'm Jeff Krasno, and today we explore the various facets of forgiveness. And in today's episode, you'll be hearing clips from Commune courses taught by Reverend Michael Beckwith, Marianne Williamson, and David G. So in this episode, you will be guided on a transformational journey of self-discovery and healing through the power of forgiveness. We explore the significance of acknowledging our past mistakes, finding inner peace with our younger selves, and extending forgiveness even to our parents. So if you're seeking solace and healing, well, today's episode will provide the insights that you need. Our first teacher today is the esteemed Reverend Michael B. Beckwith, who will share the importance of forgiveness as a spiritual practice. He teaches us that all forgiveness begins with self-forgiveness. When we forgive someone else, we actually release the toxicity within ourselves. And in this way, it's a gift that we give ourselves as we give it to others. Michael Beckwith is the founder and spiritual director of the Agape International Spiritual Center based here in Los Angeles. Agape is a trans-denominational, multicultural community of thousands of local and national and even international members and live streamers. Highly regarded for his teachings on the science of inner transformation, Reverend Beckwith embraces a practical approach to spirituality that merges meditation, affirmative prayer, and life visioning. So without further delay, I present to you, Reverend Michael B. Beckwith. Today we want to explore forgiveness to a degree. There's no one that goes through the human incarnation that doesn't experience betrayal, doesn't experience where it appears as though someone has done us wrong, said something about us, did something to us uh, inadvertently, on purpose. And so mastering the art and the science of forgiveness is necessary to move through life. Without understanding forgiveness and without the practice of forgiveness, uh, toxicity builds up in the form of animosity, in the form of resentment, in the form of holding grudges, that blots your perception, and that perception then creates further experience, which will bring you down to a degree. So I like to say that all forgiveness, 100% of it, is self-forgiveness. Because in the practice of forgiving, you're releasing, you're releasing the toxicity. You're releasing thought forms that are producing toxic chemicals of the body temple, the mental body, and the emotional body, and it's obscuring your vision. 
It allows you to develop certain patterns of reactivity in the world rather than a responsiveness uh, from the source of creation that's within your very soul. So an individual that learns to forgive is a very strong being. The strongest people on the planet are people that carry the frequency of forgiveness and kindness and compassion. Their, their, their capacity to hold more of this, this dynamic energy flows freely through them. And so forgiveness also assists in eliminating debt in your life. Now, why do I say that? If you're holding an unforgiveness and you're saying to yourself, somebody owes me something. They did this to me, they owe me an apology. They owe me this or that or the other. Your message to the universe and its law says that you don't have something, that you're missing something. And then that becomes a dimension of your personal law. I don't have something and I'm missing something. And then what happens? That begins to manifest as debt. It begins to manifest as lack in your life. You're actually using the law of what is called mind and action in reverse. Instead of coming to an understanding that you're filled to overflowing with everything that you need and that you're here to discover, activate, and ultimately express it, you're blocking it with the dynamic of unforgiveness. So forgiveness is self-forgiveness. And please understand that when you forgive another, you're not letting the person off the hook for what they did to you. They're still going to have to uh, come to grips with whatever they said or whatever they did. They're going to have to go through their own transformation. They're going to have to go through their own awakening in order to change. And however life brings that to them, that's up to life and life's laws. It's not your job. Your job is to unhook yourself from it emotionally. Your job is to unhook yourself from it mentally so that as you, as you cut yourself free from that experience through the power of, of forgiveness, the trajectory of your life changes. You're able to say in substance where that individual is concerned, they can't determine your destiny. What they did and did not do cannot determine your happiness, your success, your health, your well-being, your prosperity. No you have cut the emotional cord through the power of forgiveness. So remember, 100% of forgiveness is really self-forgiveness because you're letting go of toxicity. You're letting go of those toxic thought forms that are manifesting as symptoms in the body temple, mental aberrations, and perceptions. And so we want to we have forgiveness as a way of living. Oftentimes, uh, I tell people that before you go to sleep at night, you just stop and you just scan your day. And you notice, are you holding any little grudges, any little unforgivenesses, any little resentments? They build up after a while, you know. But you just notice where they are or if they're in you. And before you go to sleep at night, you consciously release it. You consciously uh, paint a mental picture of releasing that individual to their own good. You don't want to hold on to it. You want to go to sleep with a sense of a deep sense of peace. You want to go to sleep with embracing uh, answers to any issues that you may be facing, but you don't want to go to sleep mad at someone else.
You don't want to fill your body temple, your mental body, your emotional body with all of those thought forms of negativity. It's not good for you. You want what's good for you. So in the, in the, in the consciousness of forgiveness, we're giving forth. Forgiveness is giving forth. We're giving an affirmative energy where a so-called negative energy may have come in our direction. And because we're vibrational beings, when you learn to give forth an affirmative energy, you're lifting your frequency. And then the lower energies that come at you can't touch you because you're not vibrating at the same speed. You're lifting yourself and ultimately becoming impervious to other people's thoughts about you, their perceptions, what they say about you. You're not living in that world. You're remembering what Albert Einstein said when he was asked one time regarding the hate that was shot in his direction as he began to explore the uh, theory of relativity and the great changes it was having in science. There was a lot of jealousy around him, a lot of envy, a, a lot of back-talking about him. And they asked him how he dealt with it. And he said, in substance, that uh, the arrows of hate had been shot in his direction many times, but they couldn't touch him because they came from a world in which he did not inhabit. When you live in the frequency of forgiveness, your vibration is lifted. You're not living in the world where the arrows and slings are coming from. You're living in a different frequency, impervious to the negation that seems, appears to be coming your direction. So take heart. The strongest people on the planet know how to forgive, and it becomes a way of living. This is our challenge. This is our way. So Reverend Michael stresses that through consistent spiritual practice, we can begin to live on a level where we are immune from the misdirected anger of others and the pain that they intend to inflict on us with that anger. We can be free from that suffering when we're focused on the bigger, higher picture. So if you enjoyed the Reverend's lesson, I think you'll get a lot out of his full 10-day course on Commune titled Meditations for Life's Challenges. You will learn to use the art and science of meditation and visualization to work with life's common challenges, such as loneliness, lack of success, forgiveness, and fear. Through these practices, you will hone your self-awareness and as a result, become an active participant in how your life unfolds. This course is available by signing up at onecommune.com slash trial. Next, you will hear from spiritual leader and presidential candidate, Marianne Williamson. Now, her message focuses on the concept of oneness or non-duality, and that our true essence is made of something eternal that also connects us to one another. This means that when someone hurts you, they also hurt themselves and that our well-being is truly bound, that none of us are well until all of us 
our well. This spiritual path leads us towards a way of being that can transcend our ego, which is the part of us that clings to pain and resentment and anger. Now, when we identify ourselves as spiritual beings having a temporary human experience, then we are able to release our attachment to the wrongs that have been committed and look at our pain from a broader perspective. Now, this is not to accommodate abusive behavior or allow ourselves to be treated poorly, but we loosen our grip on the part of us that feels so hurt or betrayed. A spiritual practice helps us release attachment to our ego to forgive others and ourselves for making mistakes and for, at times, being ignorant. So in this next segment, Marianne speaks to the idea that the part of us that is hurt is often actually an illusion, a phantom of our own projection. And now I give you Marianne Williamson. So you'll notice that everything we've talked about so far in relation to relationships has been principles that apply no matter what. So the ego mind categorizes relationships, but one of the things The Course in Miracles says is that there is no love but God's. Because remember, who a person is lies beyond the body. That's really the whole point here, is that who we actually are is spirit, not body. On the level of spirit, we're all perfect. On the level of the body, we all make mistakes. Now, the ego mind wants to always focus on the body, and the Holy Spirit wants to focus on the truth of who we are. So. Forgiveness is a very interesting concept because real forgiveness goes beyond and is very different than the traditional notion of forgiveness because the traditional notion of forgiveness is that you are your guilt, you are your mistakes, but somehow I'm so spiritual that I will be willing to forgive you. The esoteric miraculous mind, the miracle-minded perception of forgiveness is very different than that. It is the realization that you are not the level of yourself that makes mistakes. There's the self with the little s and the self with the big s. If I relate to you on the level of your mistakes, then I'm going to judge you, and I will be led to attack you, and I will be led to defend, which The Course in Miracles says is an attack. Forgiveness is when we are willing to extend our perception beyond what the physical eyes see, beyond what the physical ears hear, to what the heart knows to be true. Now, the ego says that somehow if I tell you how wrong you are, this will somehow correct you. This is not how it works. And so often we make this mistake in relationships and we think, well, I always just told them what I really think or what, whatever it is that we think was our authentic sharing. But if people don't feel a basic affirmation from us that they're good and that we appreciate them, they're not gonna hear us. And that's why The Course in Miracles says, your job is to tell your brother he is right, even when he is wrong. And that doesn't mean to tell him that verbally, of course, if he did something foolish, but it means that we communicate non-verbally to someone, that we affirm them and we appreciate them. So our job is to be responsible and take responsibility for the heart space between us and another person. Commune is inside the word communication. So sometimes we go, well, I really communicated. But if we communicated our anger or our judgment or our attack, no matter what we said, people are going to be like this. That's not the way to have a relationship. The way to have a relationship is to 
always make sure, and once again, it takes discipline and it takes practice. The Course in Miracles says the primary responsibility of the miracle worker is to accept the atonement for himself. The atonement means the correction of our own perception. So before I go telling you where you need to be different or judging you or attacking you, dear God, please show me the innocence in this person. Please show me the innocence in this person and remind me that the only reason I am here is to be an instrument of love and blessing in their lives, their life. Within that, you might have something to share, but it will come across as a sharing and not a criticism. It will come across as a sharing and a gift rather than an attack. You know, this is like the, this is the principle of nonviolent communication because we're all so fragile. And sometimes we're so clear how sensitive we are, but we tend to forget how sensitive other people are as well. And that includes men as well as women, by the way. We're all just very fragile beings. And so, so much of relationship conversation today has to do with who we attract and what we want in other people. But the spiritual conversation around relationships is, who am I? If you're standing in the space of your true being, you automatically attract into your life relationships that vibrate along the frequency of the space you're choosing to inhabit. That's why the main work is always on ourselves. That's why in The Course in Miracles it says, you think you have many different problems, but you really only have one, and that is your separation from God. When we are with God, that's the same thing as saying, we are in the state of love, then we are in a place where we automatically invite happiness. Happiness then becomes our function, which is the same thing as saying forgiveness is our function. Our function in any situation is to see the truth in other people and to affirm that truth in other people so that they have an easier time seeing it for themselves. That's that namaste consciousness. And this is true whether you're talking about your child or you're talking about your spouse or you're talking about your employer or your employee or your lover or your friend or anyone else. Forgiveness is our function here. Now, it might seem to you like a love affair or a marriage. Oh, you know, that's not about spirituality. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The ego is very offended by forgiveness. And let's remember why the ego is offended by forgiveness. Forgiveness is a moment where you see beyond perception into the truth, the world that lies beyond the veil. Beyond this world, there is a world I want, says the Course in Miracles. In that moment, there is so much light, there cannot be darkness. In that moment, there is so much love, there's no fear, there's no ego. That's what the ego is. So the ego is saying, no, don't go there, you won't be safe. But really what it's saying is, don't go there, I won't be safe. And that's right, the ego will not be safe. The ego likes to point out what's wrong with other people and then make sure that they, that they hear it from you. And then the ego says, no, that was just honest communication. Well, <clears throat> and then you realize, He's gone or she's gone. It's like, well, where did that get me? So I want to read you something from The Course in Miracles, which I think speaks perfectly to this issue. Errors are of the ego, and correction of errors lies in the relinquishment of the ego. So in other words, 
If somebody made a mistake, by definition, they were in their ego. But if you then start saying, oh, you were wrong, then you're in your ego. I love it. Sometimes people say to me, Marion, you're in your ego. Well, you have to be in your ego to point out my ego. If you're judging me for what you think of as my ego, you're in your ego. This is how crazy it is. <clears throat> Errors are of the ego, and correction of errors lies in the relinquishment of the ego. When you correct a brother, you are telling him that he is wrong. He may be making no sense at the time, and it is certain that if he is speaking from the ego, he will not be making sense. But your task is still to tell him he is right. You do not tell him this verbally if he is speaking foolishly. He needs correction at another level because his error is at another level. He is still right because he is a son of God. Now this issue of another level is extremely important. God's time is eternity and linear time is of the illusion. So the ego mind always wants us thinking about the past, always wants us thinking about the future. In relationship, the ego is always about what you did or what you said. Notice it's always past tense. Or, well, what's gonna happen? Where are we gonna be? What are we gonna do? Because the ego mind doesn't want you to experience this moment. The miracle happens in this moment because God's time or eternity only intersects linear time in one moment, and that is in the present. And that's why relationships must be always tended to in the present. When we get into our head in a relationship and get out of the heart, out of spirit, is where we're talking to them about what happened before or what we want to have happen in the future, rather than allowing the miracle to happen in the present. The universe knows how to correct itself. The universe is both self-organizing and self-correcting. So when we, you know, sometimes we go into a relationship and we're just, we go into a moment, we're gonna meet and I'm gonna tell you, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, we're gonna meet tonight and this is gonna be an important meeting. And it's like we go with suitcases filled with grievances. I didn't like it when you did this and I didn't like it when you did that. We, we enter in with these, I'm gonna attack you for this, I'm gonna judge you for this. And then sometimes the ego is so insane, it's saying, I'm just doing these because I wanna have a relationship. I've, I've heard myself say that. And I've had people say this, I'm just judging you and attacking you because I want us to have a relationship. I want you to show up for the relationship. In that moment, we're not showing up for the relationship. So how do you do it from a miracle-minded way? What's the miracle? Well, the Course in Miracles is very Eastern in feel. It's not about going into any situation filled with the things you want to say and do. It's about emptying our minds. In Zen Buddhism, this is called the beginner's mind. And so you pray, Dear God, my mind is filled with so many grievances. And the Course in Miracles says you can have a grievance or you can have a miracle. You cannot have both. If I'm going to go in like you did this and you said that and I think you should and blah, 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 then no miracle can happen. So before you go into a situation, before you go into a meeting, <clears throat> you say, Dear God, I am filled with anger. I am filled with resentment. I am filled with judgments. I am filled with thoughts about how the other person should be. Instead, you're about to go into the room and you say, Dear God, take these thoughts from me. Take my negativity from me. And remember, before you go into any room, before you go into any situation, blast it with love. Any situation, any relationship, anything you put on the altar is altered because the altar is inside your mind. Place a relationship on the altar. 
That's to say, that's to say, dear God, you take this relationship. Remember, <clears throat> God is not outside you. God is inside you. So when you say, dear God, I surrender this relationship to you, what you are asking is that your thoughts about the other person be lifted up. That's why architecture, sacred architecture, it's always pointing up, pointing up to the higher regions of the mind. So when you say, dear God, please take this relationship, may it be all that it can be. May it be lifted to the level of divine right order. You're not even saying, I don't know if we're supposed to be together physically or not. I just want to be a blessing in the life of this person. And I want this person to be a blessing in my life. I want to see the innocence in this person. And I want this person, when he or she is in my presence, to feel their innocence and their goodness. That's what it means to surrender a relationship to God. May this relationship be lifted above and beyond the walls that would divide us. Because <laughs> their stuff's going to come up and hide my beauty from them. My stuff's going to come up to hide his or her beauty from me. A miraculous relationship is where we stand naked but unembarrassed, seeing only the love in each other and the love in ourselves. That is the experience of God. There is a lyric in Les Miserables which says, to love another person is to see the face of God. That unlocks the door. That unlocks the, the cathedral door. You can't take heaven, you can't get to heaven without taking another person with you. But when we are willing to see the innocence in each other that lies beyond the mistakes, beyond the errors, everything changes. You know, sometimes we say, well, I don't believe in sin. But you actually do if your whole thing is about attacking other people and judging other people. Sin would mean that somebody did something so bad they deserve punishment. Error, the Course in Miracles says, God doesn't see you as a sinner. He sees you as somebody who has made mistakes that he doesn't want to punish you for. He wants to heal you. He wants to correct you in a, with love. And our task on this earth is to love as God loves. I love it when sometimes people say, well, I don't mean to be judgmental, but, and then they judge you. <laughs> if you don't mean to be judgmental, don't be judgmental. And love does correct. You know, I know when, when people hold a space for me to be better, I become better. And when people are just standing there trying to trip me up or waiting for me to fall, I tend to do that. How does that help them and how does it help me? The issue in relationships is to seek to be a representative of God. And you know, there's a part in The Course in Miracles that says, I'm only here to be truly helpful. I'm here to represent Him who sent me. I don't, think to, I don't have to know what to say or what to do, for He who sent me shall guide me. There's a real innocence that comes about when we haven't planned what we're going to say or do necessarily. We've just prayed, Dear God, make me an instrument of love. We've all heard that, you know, the prayer of St. Francis, make me an instrument of your peace, make me an instrument. But sometimes at a certain point, we need to do it already. And when it comes to many of our relationships in life, our romantic relationships, our work relationships, we go, oh no, this isn't about that. This is about my marriage, or this is about, about you know, romance, or this is about work. That other stuff is very nice. But that's spiritual, or that's theoretical. Spirituality isn't some other category of life over here, while relationships are over here. Spirituality is the underpinning for everything, and everything is a relationship.
So according to Marianne, forgiveness is our function. As part of our spiritual practice, we stand as a source of love and peace, irrespective of the behavior of others. We're called upon to rise above our human imperfections and remember that the people who have harmed us were born innocent and that they, just like us, are doing the best they can with what they have, all the while making very human mistakes. We return to love again and again, no matter what. The grief, the resentment, the anger we experience when we've been harmed exist on one level. But when we access our higher spiritual self on a more eternal level, we're able to find relief. Through spiritual practice, we can learn to spend more time in the place of love versus anger, blame, and ego attachment. And this can be a salve to our hurting hearts. Marianne has several courses with Commune, including Spiritual Makeover, Speaking with the Divine, Teaching the Teachers, and Relationships. In particular, her seven-day course on relationships addresses the unconscious barriers holding us back from truly experiencing love in our lives, whether those relationships are romantic or with our parents, siblings, children, friends, or even coworkers. Unlock access to Marianne and our entire library of personal growth, health, and social impact courses with a 14-day free membership trial at onecommune.com slash trial. Okay, so in our final lesson, David G. will guide us through an ancient Hawaiian practice known as Ho'oponopono, which consists of a mantra and a series of seated movements. Uh, this is a beautiful practice that you can use to cultivate a sense of forgiveness toward anything or anyone that's hurt you or anyone that you have hurt. So you can pause here if you need to prepare a comfortable space for yourself. A little bit about David G. After a 20-year career in business and finance, David G. began a new journey to wholeness, apprenticing for a decade under Deepak Chopra and Dr. David Simon, serving as the Chopra Center lead educator, and then as the first dean of Chopra Center University, where he trained more than 300,000 people to meditate and certified more than 2,500 meditation teachers. Sometimes referred to as the velvet voice of stillness, David G. has taught millions of people around the world to heal their hearts, plant powerful intentions, and to manifest their dream lives. So without further delay, here's David G. Oh, hello, and welcome to today's session. One of the most important aspects of our navigation of our spiritual journey is making peace with our past. Think of all the different aspects of life, all the different interactions, relationships, conversations, training, reinforcement of that, conditioning. Through each phase of our life, some has left us with magnificent support and some has traumatized us and marked us with a wound that we've carried for years. 
There are times when we have not been so impeccable with our own words or with our own actions. There are times when we've taken things so personally, we're just not gonna let go. It's like, I will drink poison and you will die. We're just relentless in holding grudges, holding back, and then rationalizing to ourselves, no, 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 it's all good now, it's all good. But it's usually not all good. We know that through rites and rituals that we can actually process away some of those deep wounds. We can truly reconcile. And reconciliation has existed in the Old Testament, the New Testament, the ancient Greek cultures, and there's a beautiful ancient Hawaiian practice known as ho'o pono pono. Ho'o means to make, pono means right, and pono pono means right again. Ho'o pono pono. It's a very, very complex and beautiful process that takes several days and usually involves the spiritual advisor of the family and the person who's aggrieved and the person who has the grievance. But one of the most beautiful aspects of it is that it restores self-love and balance to the relationship. It's two people truly together making peace with their past. And one of the ways that we do that is it's four parts. There's a repentance or remorse portion. There's a forgiveness portion. There's a gratitude portion and a love portion. And in traditional Ho'oponopono, as practiced on the mainland, not necessarily in Hawaii, not necessarily by these indigenous people who've been practicing it for thousands of years. Essentially, the process is, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And if we can work through those four emotions, repentance, remorse, forgiveness, gratitude, and love with all different aspects of our lives, where we have not yet made peace with our past. This gives us an opportunity to just become a little bit lighter. Isn't that what enlightenment is? Just getting a little bit lighter? And so for this session, we're gonna do an embodiment of this. I've created sort of like a heart salutation. We're familiar with the concept of sun salutations. This is heart salutations. You can do it standing. You can do it seated as I'm going to do. You can do it just sitting on your couch or in a chair or on the floor or on your mat or on a cushion. And there are a couple of different components and I'm going to guide us through all these components. So different from our other sessions, in this session, we embody this practice very, very specifically. And we'll follow it up with a meditation even after that. So let's, uh, let's settle in. Remember, here's how the process goes. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. So let's take a couple of moments to settle in and get to that space. Are you worthy of a second chance? Yes, we know you are. Are you worthy of forgiveness? Yes, 
and we know you are. And so this process will allow us to embody that. So it's not just an intellectual knowing, it's truly an individual embodiment, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. So again, let's settle in. Now, here's one of the realities of life. Nobody here breathes enough. You don't breathe enough, I don't breathe enough. There's probably two things that no one on the planet does enough. One, let's love in. And two, breathe. So I would encourage you throughout this process in each phase of it to breathe. So again, we'll settle in. Together, take a long, slow, deep breath in. And ever so gently let that go. And let's do that one more time. Long, slow, deep breath in. And release. Now there are 16 moves, but I'm gonna guide you through every single one. Four, 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 and four. Here's how it works. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. That's it. We'll just do that with different aspects of our life. So the key is to get as comfortable as possible and each one of these, we're breathing in, we're breathing out, we're breathing in, we're breathing out. So I encourage you either say these words with me out loud or breathe out loud. Ready? Drift your attention to your physical body. Almost see yourself looking down upon yourself Maybe you're floating up to the ceiling or to wherever you are, just looking down on your physical body from your toes to your crown. And as you gaze down at your body, let's begin. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Now drift your attention to a pain point in your physical body. And if you have no pain in your physical body, drift your attention to your heart. That's okay. And let's begin. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. 
I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Drift your attention to the child you were in your earliest recollection of your life. Make eye contact with that child right now. And it's okay. We're going to make peace. Gaze into the eyes of that child you were in your earliest recollection. And let's begin. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Drift your attention to the person you were at your most defining moment of your life and make contact with you at that most defining moment. Breathe in, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Drift your attention now to a caregiver. Someone who took care of you. Make eye contact. Connect. And let's begin. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Drift your attention to your ancestors. Look at your long line of ancestors. And quite honestly, if you're getting emotional now, that's okay. How can we make peace with the past unless we see the past? And how can we tame it if we can't name it? So this is our opportunity to get authentic, to be true, and to be honest with yourself. Drift your attention to your ancestors. Make eye contact with your ancestors. Remember, this is a process of reconciliation. There's parts that you're sorry for. There's other parts. You're the one who changes the cycle forever. So let's begin. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. 
I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Drift your attention to someone you believe you hurt at any point in your life. They could be living or dead. They could be in another realm. They could even be living with you. Anyone you believe you hurt, drift your attention to them right now. Make eye contact and let's begin. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Shift your attention to someone with whom you have a grievance right now. And let's begin. Make eye contact. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. So let's take a long, slow, deep breath in here. And ever so gently let that go. And let's take it deeper now. Let's drift our attention to yourself for hurting yourself. Maybe there's some self-loathing, self-anger, self-disappointment. That's okay. This is that moment of reconciliation. See if you can make eye contact with yourself. The one you've been holding a grudge for hurting yourself. And let's begin. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And now to all the people on the planet, 7.6 billion of us here, make eye contact with 7.6 billion people. Ones you know, ones you don't know. And let's
let's begin our dialogue with those 7.6 billion people. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And now all the animals on the planet, the billions of animals on the planet. See if you can make eye contact with all the animals on the land, in the air, in the water. Think of the dominion we have over all animals on the planet. The relationship we have with all animals, wild, domestic, farm, factory farm. It's a pretty deep relationship. Now it's time for some reconciliation. See if you can make eye contact with some animals in your awareness or in your life. And let's begin. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And now to the earth. Sweet Mother Earth. All the oceans, all the ground, all the aspects of this planet. All the life on the planet. All the plant life. All the aquatic life. All the land life. Every aspect of sweet Mother Earth. Think of your relationship to the Earth throughout your life. And let's begin. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And to the sky, the infinity of stars, the entire universe beyond us, the magnificence of the divine. See if you can make eye contact and let's begin. I'm sorry. 
Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Heart to sky. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And to your heart, your sweet, tender heart, feel your palms on your heart right now. And let's perform some reconciliation, making some peace with our past. So let's begin. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Hold your heart. I'm sorry. Please forgive me, heart to sky. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry, heart to the side. Please forgive me. Thank you, heart to the other side. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And now, to your most magnificent expression of yourself. See if you can make eye contact with that aspect of yourself that is so in flow, so pure, so expanded, crushing it, perfect in every moment. Make eye contact with that aspect of yourself. And let's begin. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you, heart to sky. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Now take a long, slow, deep breath in. And let that go. When it feels comfortable, you can Slowly open your eyes, come back. You've just practiced a beautiful indigenous technique, ho'oponopono, making right again. And please allow this to be a powerful embodied practice as well as heart practice, as well as daily practice to help you make peace with the past. And so we can actually take it deeper. And so if you'd like to join us, 
for our meditation now, let's dive into that and truly awaken our heart. What a beautiful way to wrap up this practice. To give a little recap, forgiving ourselves and the people who've hurt us is an essential skill, a skill that can be improved with practice. We forgive for our own sake so that we can be at peace and let go of, or at least find some relief from our pain. We forgive in order to heal our communities, which reflect our personal pain on a larger and more collective scale. And when we extend forgiveness to someone who has caused us harm, we send out a signal that we can rise above our very human mistakes and imperfections. Now there's truth to the saying, hurt people hurt people and healed people heal people. Now we here at Commune are committed to healing people so that they in turn can help more people heal. That is the core intention behind the more than 130 courses that we have filmed and made available with our all access Commune membership. There are so many paths to a life of happiness and health and purpose. And as you saw in this episode, we have many teachers who speak to similar themes, but from unique perspectives. I really encourage you to think about which teacher from today you resonated with and then go experience their full course. And you can do this with a free 14-day trial. Just go to onecommune.com trial to sign up. And in closing, I'll share one of my very favorite quotes on forgiveness from the American author Mark Twain. Forgiveness is the fragrance the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. You can be that violet. Okay, that's all from the commune for today. My name is Jeff Krasno, and I am here for you. <laughs>